Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Jake Kerr. I'd like to welcome you to this 83rd episode of the Black Ink Podcast. Okay. Now, if you're an avid listener, I'd firstly like to apologize for not uploading anything last week. I'm going to just come straight out and say exactly what happened. I've been dealing with something a little bit huh, left of field for me because I t- tend not to have this particular ailment or I haven't had this ailment for you know the previous 29 years of my life. But I think just maybe... Mm, I may have a wee touch of depression, okay? Been bitten by the black dog. And that's okay, okay? Because I'm a sensible, logical human being. And fortunately, I'm able to take what is happening to me, externalize it, maybe even third-party myself from the whole situation and just kind of assess what's actually going on and then make suitable actions to try and point myself in the right direction. Now, I don't at all think that I can do this if, say, the depression got worse. And this is the thing. I don't even know if it is depression. Before I even start treating it as if it is depression, I I try to have a really just sensible look at my whole life. Like, okay, what are we doing? Are we eating right? Are we sleeping right? Are we getting enough water? Are we getting enough exercise? Are we getting enough connection with other humans? Are we getting enough work done? And honestly, when you ask yourself those questions, I mean, it's easy to say like, yes, okay, today I've drunk, you know, a liter of water and I've eaten this food and that food, but you really have to look at like, what's the past six weeks been doing? What has my uh, kind of like daily routine look like? And is there anything in there that could be potentially affecting this? You know, and when you do that and kind of start working backwards from there or forwards from there, I should say, it's, uh, it's, it's a lot easier to identify things that are going wrong in your life that you're like, okay, I've had my blinders onto this or maybe I've overlooked this particular thing because you know, whatever, you know, maybe it helps something else, or maybe it's helping me handle with another situation that's going on in my life. And then that action or that whatever you're doing is having a byproduct of you doing it. The byproduct is maybe this not feeling so great. And probably my bigger point here, and this is what I try to remember myself, especially when other people are telling me they're having a rough time in their life. Before you start unpacking what they think the problem is, getting a bigger picture of of like, well, what's your life actually look like? How much are you sleeping? You know, who are you hanging out with? Who else are you getting advice off? And what direction have they given you? And how much of that direction have you taken? And when I look at myself, it's just one of those things where we have no idea what's going on with our brain chemistry. You know, that we can't plug in anywhere or take our bloods or piss into a jar and say, right, you've got 69% depression. Okay, it's as simple as that. We don't have that. So I think trying to navigate this idea of like, okay, I know based off what I know as a human and the 29 29 years of experience that I've had, I kind of get this feeling that I understand that we're pretty much the only thing that is consistent in the human body is that it's it's in motion, it's always moving, it's always kind of, and I don't mean physically always moving, I mean internally, all of these systems are all working together in a forwards direction, right? But it takes a small hiccup, say two years ago, to snowball into a massive thing right now. And when I consider that in a mental state, like something that may have happened two years ago that you didn't really think much of at the time, but it somehow reformed how you perceive a particular thing or how you understand something. And that has in in turn snowballed into a totally different situation now that you can't even really recognize as coming from that original kind of catalyst, but it has, right? So when I assess myself and I go, okay, 
and and I want to be completely transparent with you right now. This might even be part of the healing process for me or part of the the process of getting through the depression or working with the depression if it is depression. Let's let's put a big if at the beginning of that sentence, okay? So when I looked at what was going on in my life, the first thing that I knew straight away, right, I'm not getting enough exercise. I'm I have this emotional uh, like negative connection with my work at the moment where I'm feeling guilty for not getting enough things done in one day. And then that guilt then relays itself onto the client, right? This person asked this particular thing, whatever the job might be, asked this of me in this time frame, and I can't produce it in that time frame, right? So now I understand that I know that if I feel guilty for whatever, for, for whatever it might be, you know, whether it's eating too much or, you know, wh- whatever it might be, I tend to balloon that guilt into other areas, okay? And I do exactly the same thing with exercise. So the exercise and the work is kind of the same thing because exercise is essentially work for yourself. It's if I go and do this work, this physical thing that doesn't achieve anything except me working against resistance, then in the long run, that pays me back in dividends because I've done the work for myself. So by not doing that work for myself, I feel guilty as the person not doing the work and I feel guilty because I let the client down, which is also me. So now I've got these like conflicting things where I'm like, okay, I feel like there's not enough hours in the day. I feel like I've got too many jobs to go within those hours, even if there was enough hours. And then on top of that, not not having time for my clients is one thing. I don't even have time for myself. I'm letting the most important client of all down, which is me. So I went and bought a gym. You know, because everybody knows I'm a fucking health risk to society, so I'm not allowed in gyms anymore. So I went out, I got on Gumtree, I spent myself $350 and got myself a home gym. And I know what you're thinking. Every Tom, Dick and Harry has a gym in their shed thinking like, yeah, I'm going to lift weights and work out. Dude, I'm sorry. If you're following my story, you know I'm a fucking animal. I'm probably going to be ripped in 12 months. Hey, it is what it is. Hey, hey, don't be upset at me now, okay? Be upset at me in 12 months if I'm wrong. Okay, because I'm kind of building a foundation for myself where I can say shit's going to happen and it actually happens. How wild is that? You know, how wild is that? By the way, I've been hearing whispers of people, people giving me shit for, uh, you know, for being an OnlyFans performer. And this blows my mind. Like, I don't understand how that's something to be embarrassed about. Like, I really don't at all. You know, uh, sorry, are you talking about me and my OnlyFans while you're at your job? doing some shit you don't don't enjoy doing? Is that what's going on? Okay, because it seems to be the reason why you're picking on me is because I've got these unique, interesting stories. These unique, interesting stories that you get from living, okay? And while you're busy working, I'm busy living. So continue to talk about me. And if you wouldn't mind, please go and like and subscribe on my shit. Comment on everything on all my social media platforms because all this fucking, you know, talk only helps me, you know? But enough about that, getting back to the depression thing. So last week, it was just a, and as I say, it's so hard. I don't even like calling it depression because to be very honest with you, when I, if like, if you asked me, say five years ago in the middle of my twenties, you know, like, what do you think depression is? How do you think it affects people? And what do you think is the, the resolution for this thing? Well, given that we have, you know, apparently you ask everyone, oh, I'm fucking anxious and depressed. Yeah, I'm anxious and depressed. Okay. To me, it seems like it's not real if everyone's got it. Okay, if everyone's got it and I don't, I don't believe in it, you know? And, you know, there's people in my family that have struggled with depression and seeing what that is and then also hearing from, you know, I'm just going to say the media, okay? And I don't mean like you're free to air or your GWN or your fucking, you know, 
CNN or whatever. I mean media in general. I mean anywhere that you get information that displays itself from a screen and probably even a book at this point. You know what I mean? Like anywhere you get all that, depression seems like this kind of black cloud that follows people mentally and, and kind of affects their decision making and their ability to connect and love with other people, something along those lines, okay? When I saw that with my family or my family members that were experiencing depression, I... It's interesting because when I saw that, obviously you believe your family because they're your family, you know? And when I, when I looked at them at the time it was happening to them, I would always go like, well, you're not doing this, this, and this, you know? You're doing this, this, and this. It doesn't help with depression at all. And then you're not doing the things, the main things you should do to help with depression, and you're experiencing more depression. And then on top of that, instead of doing the things that you're meant to do first and fucking sticking with them, you're taking SSRIs, you're taking antidepressants, you're putting your mentality, your feelings and your emotion in the hands of a fucking pharmaceutical company in hope that you're gonna feel normal again. Well, sorry, that's just gonna drift you further and further away from normal and potentially into addiction, okay? But again, that's another podcast. And now that I kind of, I had this last week and like, mind you, I'm not just gonna say that I've been feeling down for a week and saying that I've got depression. That's not the case at all. Understand, this has been, growing and growing and growing and growing and growing. And you might even notice that my past two or three podcasts, I had sessions of literally yelling at the camera. And I have a podcast that I didn't even fucking upload last week because I was like, oh, daddy, you're just angry. You're sad. You're confused. You've got tension. Just relax, okay? Because the problem is one clown out there sees one of my podcasts. Worse yet, only sees one of my pod clips. And they go, oh, he just yells at the camera about shit. And, you know, his points aren't really that congruent. And what I saw didn't really make sense. He's just an idiot, you know. And then they go and tell 10 people that the Jake Jake guy from Black Ink's an idiot and rah, rah. He just wanks on about fucking COVID and rah, rah, rah. And then that fucks my whole brand. So while they're really good sound bites and it's really fun for my audience to watch me going crazy and all red in the face and talking about COVID and calling people cucks and shit, at the same time, that's not me, you know? That's not me. And while I am turning myself into a public figure and I'm trying to navigate this weird fucking mysterious forest of bullshit that surrounds that whole, you know, project of being someone that people listen to or maybe that someone that people, that, 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 that they take your words and do something with them, right? And we're gonna touch on that again, okay? Because that's really important to me, taking your words and doing something with them, okay? but. To be that person is really fucking interesting because you have to start how you want to finish, right? And if you want to start how you want to finish, you have to be genuine and authentic from the very get. And this whole wave of negativity and feeling like I'm a cunt all the time just isn't me, you know? And it's funny. I broke down, obviously, the exercise thing is, is less to do with the, the depression. I don't even want, I keep hate calling it the depression. Let's just call it the 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 heebie-jeebies or the unhappy days or something right so the exercise in in like uh what do you call it in consideration to the unhappy days that i'm having okay is an element it's a factor but it's not the factor okay because i've gone periods in my life without doing exercise and haven't had this happen and obviously there's other elements in my life right now that might mix with not exercise that give me a different result but i can feel internally that the exercise is a necessity but it is not the thing that is majorly contributing to what's going on in this dark cloud in my head, okay? And part of that is also, just as a little quick note, you should know you intimately well. You should know you 
so well that when something like this comes comes upon in your life where all of a sudden you're like, oh, something's different. I don't know how I feel right now. You should be comparing to the rest of your life of paying attention. That's really fucking important. Okay? Because like as it is in the world right now, there are a lot of people out there who are just living with the idea that like, oh, if something starts hurting, I go to the doctor and they give me a tablet and then I take it and then it goes away. And, and then it's all good. We're, we're back to normal again. And then it's um, feel good. Okay. That's not how it should be. Okay. Going to the doctor should be the last port of call. Okay. You should be able to go like, oh, I've got this pain right here. And you're like, actually, it kind of feels like it could be this. That's in my stomach. I wonder if, Okay, maybe maybe if I've got a bit of a burning in my stomach, that could be um, quick Google. Oh, it's not cancer. Okay, bad example. But what I'm saying is, is like, especially emotionally, you should be constantly asking yourself, how do I feel? Why do I feel like this? And can I improve it? And then when you experiment with all these things, you start going, okay, I'm going to drink more water. I'm going to drink more water for two weeks. See how we go. And if it turns into a habit and I notice that overall, I'm not think I'm not even registering that I'm feeling bad then we've made progression, we've moved forward. But if you keep drinking water and still having bad thoughts, then baby, we keep on experimenting. And guess what? You picked up a beautiful habit of drinking two liters of water a day. Give yourself a pat on the back, even though you're feeling shit about it, and keep on working it out. And with that, I think most people don't do that. I think most people aren't asking themselves how they feel. I'm sure as you're listening to this right now, have you, have you asked yourself today, how do you feel? How do you feel? What's that feeling inside your stomach or inside your chest or inside your head right now that you haven't really addressed yet because you haven't had that moment with yourself? You got too busy checking your feet as soon as you woke up. You went and had some water. You probably took a piss, hammered down a coffee, rushed around the house like a blue ass fly, had a shower and then went to work. And now you're probably listening to me on the way to work and haven't had a single moment for yourself yet, right? Maybe you are depressed. My whole point here is my realization that something was going on was backed by the fact that I have asked myself so consecutively for so long that I was like, something is something has changed. I'm not me right now, right? Like, it is what it is. It is what it is. I just think it's crazy that people live kind of senselessly through this life. Well, let's cut the shit. The thing that is doing this to me is 100% the current climate of the world. It's the fact that I walk into a supermarket and everyone's got their mask on and I wear my mask over my mouth and not my nose because fuck you, you know, because fuck you. Simple as that. You know, the mask don't do anything. You see everyone in the shopping center adjusting it and fucking with it, moving it around and taking it off to have a drink of their fucking coffee or whatever. They do nothing. Okay. And at this point, by everyone just doing it, we're just all basically, you know, handing over our fucking freedom to the government. And I know there's people going like, oh, you've just a mask. We're not handing over our freedom to the government. Hey, dude, Hitler didn't start on day one by putting people in gas chambers. Okay. And yes, I just made a Holocaust reference and fuck you again. Okay. I don't like that. There's now this new like and the really really important part about all this is like i get there's always change in the world like i preach that there's always going to be change and we have to adapt ourselves as humans to the to the fact that everything is going to be changing all the time and we have to become masters of learning and unlearning to fit into or to negotiate this life because that's always going to happen but change is all good especially when it's a big change across society where everyone kind of has to adhere to this one new rule or whatever it is but only when it's for something it's only when it's for something, you know? 
It's like this here is like now just everybody's uncomfortable and women ruining their makeup and men having to shave their beards off and grandparents not being able to breathe properly and being way, way, way overstressed about absolutely fucking nothing. And the whole point is for nothing. Like, I understand that you heard some shit on the news about coronavirus being crazy and all the rest. They're telling us about all these new cases in the Southwest and everywhere. Where are the deaths? Where are the deaths? How many people died of depression this year? You know what I mean? How many people died of COVID this year? What's going on? And I know you just gone, oh, it's easy for you to say that now that you got some unhappy days. Yeah, dude, I'm living my dream life right now. Okay. I started a business from fucking a laptop in a caravan and now I live in a goddamn house with a fucking screen printer, a heat tunnel, a vinyl cutter and printer, all the equipment you want in the world, multiple clients, I'm working with local businesses, everything is going my way. I got two fucking motorbikes, one of them's just to learn how to do wheelies on. We went out and bought Larissa a new car the other day. I have a beautiful woman that I love. I have a dog that is my fucking companion. Everything is going right in my life and I feel shit. It's from coronavirus, don't you get it? <laughs> like if anybody shouldn't feel shit, it's me and now I'm feeling shit. What's going on? I can't go out for dinner anymore. I know you're getting sick of me saying this, but I mean, this is what's up. This is what's going on. Anyway, man. So last week was a bit of a head fuck for me. I recorded that podcast. I wasn't really interested in uploading it because I didn't want you to get the wrong idea of who I am because I'm trying to start how I want to finish, you know, because your boy's genuine and authentic, but... I did get a new tea designed and released. Well, it was designed weeks ago and released today because today for me is Valentine's Day, which is the 14th of February, 2022, fresh Monday morning. And it's a beautiful tea. It's my second tea ever released on white. It's got a big, beautiful print on the back of a kind of like pinup girl with some roses and flowers and the words black ink over the top and the lover underneath with a beautiful heart in front of it on the front with black ink written in the heart. It's uh, available on my website, Facebook and Instagram right now. You can go check it out at www.blackink.com.au. Remember, change the A for an X in the word black. Total mind fuck to anyone I'm trying to tell my uh, email address to. They're like, so which email address? I go, yeah, so it's, it's jake at blackink.com.au, but, but the A in black is, uh, it's, it's an X instead. Like, okay, so B-L-A-X, oh, B-L-C-X. So are you fucking slow? What's going on? Listen to the words I'm saying, interpret the information, and then start typing. Just fucking slow down. So you tell them again, they fuck it up again. So you go, okay, I'll spell it out for you, sweetie. So Jake is spelt J A, you know, and then so on. I mean, sometimes you got to tr- treat people like fuckheads. Act like a, tr- a fuckhead, be treated like a fuckhead. Okay, that's the rule. That's the rule. But got that tea released. Uh, so it's out this morning. Super fun. Uh, and then yesterday we had the West Coast Garage uh, group ride, which I didn't realize was a show and shine for the first two and a half hours. And then it was a ride up to Hillary's. So we got a Bunbury crew together of four bikes. We left at seven o'clock in the morning. We got there at fucking eight thirty, nine o'clock. Um, and uh, no, sorry, we had a bike breakdown right at the very start of the day. So bike broke down. We held up for about half an hour. We ended up getting to the shop bang on 10 o'clock. And then as it turns out, we just stood around in the fucking sun for two hours, dressed in our fucking riding gear, just absolutely cooking. Ended up going for a bit of a ride, had some fun, did some skids, some wheelies, had a real good time. And then fucking came home. So I was home, done and dusted by three o'clock. Absolutely wrecked. Absolutely wrecked. And then on top of that, 
I had that, you know, kind of negative feeling that I've had sitting at the back of my head for a little bit of a minute that I was super tired. And I was like, well, my boy, sorry, not my boy, your boy, me, I had to go do some back and buys out in the, out in the shed. Cause I'm keeping honest. You understand? I keep myself honest. What you're going to skip today because you've been on the motorbike all day, dude, fuck you. Who are you to make that decision? Go do the shit, you know? And that's a real easy point where you don't third party yourself and you stay within your body and you're like, oh, but I rode 600 and something kilometers today in the heat and I need to be put in my cot and bottle fed. Fuck you, dude. You want to feel good about yourself? Go do a workout. Doesn't need to be a big workout. Just go do the movements. And at least then you showed up, you know? And that's the difference. And then this morning, of course, Valentine's Day, you know that I'm going... I wouldn't say over and above. I'm doing exactly what my uh, budget allows me to do for Larissa, uh, for Larissa today on Valentine's Day, which is, and because this isn't released until tomorrow, I can get away with saying this and won't get myself in trouble. But uh, she wanted, she said, look, I know you don't have much money. I don't want you to take me out for dinner. And obviously can't go out for dinner because health risk. Uh, just do me a three course meal, cook it at home and uh, surprise me with it. So I was like, hey, say less. So I go to the butcher, I get a beautiful rack of ribs, okay, I get some golden crumb snags, there for me, and then I, uh, I I go up, I look up a cornbread recipe, so now I've got a bit of an idea, so I'm going to do like a corn, I'm going to do like a bruschetta or something with some something cool on the side as an entree, and then as a main, I'm going to do a big rack of ribs for her and I to share with different sides, I might do like a pasta or a potato and a fucking cornbread side, and then for dessert, I'm thinking something along the lines of, you guessed it, cheesecake shop, it's going to be delicious, so... I'm going to be spending probably a good half of the day starting in a couple hours just preparing that and getting ready for her to come home. She's home at five o'clock. And to be very honest with you, there's so much like little problem solving and like things to do that I'm more excited about it than I am kind of anxious or nervous about it. It's just like, yeah, I get to cook shit in the kitchen for half the day. And also I've given myself so, like excess of everything when I bought it. So that's like, okay, if I cook you know, say fucking five potatoes and some of them burn, all good. Just fucking throw the cunts out, pick the very best and then give that to Larissa. So hopefully, fingers crossed, I put together a real nice meal for Larissa and uh, yeah, you know the rest of that sentence. But anyway, what I did want to talk about, and this is only kind of interesting because last night in my attempt to kind of fight these demons that I had, um, I, uh, I, and I've all, yeah, Okay, let, let me go back a bit. I've had this thought lately that... Fuck it, I'm starting again. So you may or may not know, but I'm a bit of a creative writer. Before all of this started, like before all of this black ink, you know, re rebirth or whatever you want to call it that's happened in the past 12 months, for the longest time I've been a creative writer and I've written fucking heaps. Heaps. I've written heaps of letters. I've written heaps of uh, like personal journal entries. I've written heaps of short stories. I've... I gave myself the challenge there for about three years running to like write a full A4 page every day. And if you write more, you write more, but whatever, just at least get down an A4 page. So I got really good at writing these A4 pages and like stringing together words and all the rest. And then this might also put some pieces together where you go like, wow, how have you got such an extensive vocabulary and an amazing ability to describe what's going on in your brain in such a way that I understand it. And it's also fluent and understandable. Hey, because your boy's been playing with words forever. Okay. But since I kind of started back up with the whole business thing, my creative writing has kind of been something that's taken a backseat basically from day dot, you know, and it's really upsetting because the thing that I like the most about my writing is it's a complete connection 
to how I was feeling at that time. And when I read my writing back to myself, I'm like, I know exactly what was going on for me to be like that. You know what I mean? Like I understand where this is coming from more than I give a fuck about what it's trying to tell me because what it's trying to tell me isn't really for me. That's for the audience. But for me, it's like really fun to go like, oh, okay, you were feeling like this. So you wanted to put this on paper and you delivered it this way because this, this, and this. Super fun. I love stuff like that. But I've been feeling a little bit guilty lately, as I mentioned, that I haven't been exercising that muscle. I haven't really been giving myself a chance to be creative. My creativity finds its way out in other ways, such as, you know, creating stickers and garments. And I would say my creativity most manifests itself at the moment through problem solving, through hearing especially other people's problems. I love, I love solving other people's problems. And then on top of that, making money out of it if I can. So that's where most of my creativity goes to now. So I thought last night, well, I'm feeling shitty. Usually when I'm feeling bad, it's a good time to write. That's when the best, that's when you become the vehicle of genius. That's when you don't even have to think about what words you're going to write. You just put the pen on the page, shut the fuck up and just write whatever comes out and then go through, black that shit out, black that shit out, black that shit out. We got a good first draft here. This is gold, right? So I, 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 I was sitting down, I had my pad out, I ruled it up. I always rule up my pages. You know what I mean? Like Miss Dolman said, in, in year four, you know, God ta- took so much time and care creating you that when you create something, you have to take time and care to show him thanks. And I do every single time. Anyone who knows me knows that I rule all my pages up. Okay. So I ruled the page up and I'm sitting there and the page is empty and I didn't, I didn't know what message I wanted to send. You know what I mean? Cause like, this is the thing. When you write something, you're sending a message. You have purpose. A lot of the times this is a subconscious thing that you don't realize that the reason you want to write is because there's something that you want to say right? So when I went to write yesterday, I thought, what do I want to write about? What's going on here? And it was this whole depression, dark cloud, black dog bullshit that's going on in my life. And I thought, well, what, what is that? What is that? It was guilt. It's guilt. I've let myself down. I haven't tried, you know, I haven't actively taken time and energy to give to this particular thing, this exercise that I like doing. And because of that, I feel like I haven't achieved what I would have achieved. I'm not upset. I'm just unaccomplished, right? So I thought about it. What was the difference between when I was writing then and when I'm writing now? Because when I was writing then, it was as if there was like a flame inside of me. And that flame now, it's not like it's not inside of me. It's like I am the flame. It's like I've become so much of what that thing is that I now almost like I've superseded it in a way. I definitely haven't, but that's how I feel organically. Okay, that's how I feel back here. Not here where it all makes sense. Back here, back of the head, right near the hook. The thing that I used to have, the feeling that I had inside of me when I used to write was I was writing as if I was a famous person. I was writing as if I was going to be someone one day and these words would change people's lives. I was writing as if people were already listening to me and people understood my direction and people understood my intention and people got nothing but life-changing results from the things that I would write on the page. And whether it was something that had no meaning and no purpose and no real value to the rest of the world or whether it was something as big as, you know, like the struggle of being a man in a fucking 2022, you know, anything in between, anything in between. It was as if my words were so rich with potential 
that I was excited to write them because someone was going to read them and have their fucking day completely thrown upside down. And there was something in me as I wrote them that I was like, fuck man, I just want my words to mean something so much. You know, like I really want this to have such value to whoever reads it that it does change our life. Because I knew that I had read things that had changed my life. I knew I'd had things said to me and these ideals, these ideas that other people have given to me through the form of, you know, conversation or through articles or through videos, whatever it might be. And I just wanted to be the source of something that was life-changing like these people and things and articles and words had done to me before. I had this, this big, beautiful idea of what a word could be and how influential in someone's life it could be. And I wanted to be the propagator of that word to other people in the best possible way I could do. And then when I thought about all this as I was trying to write it last night, I did, I got, I got some shit down on, on, on paper until a fucking fly wouldn't leave me alone. And then I spent ages trying to clap the fly out of midair. And when I say ages, I got it third shot, but I spent a lot of time just looking at it. You know what I mean? Just like watching it. And fucking bang, got the cunt dead. <clears throat> and I realized the difference between me now and me then is that my words actually fucking do something now. My words do something. I get on a podcast and I say shit, right? And then I have people I've never met reach out and say, yeah, dude, you're fucking right. You know, or I don't agree with you, whatever it might be. Okay, I'm not going to blow myself up and pretend everyone loves me. Actually, you know what? Fuck them. I'm going to do that. They reach out and say, I agree with you with this particular thing. Now, even if that is the end of the whole conversation, considering I don't know that person, I'm going to guess that they don't know me outside of this this arena, right? This podcast arena or this black ink arena. So then when I think about them saying that to me, that means that essentially a stranger that they found on the internet had an idea that they agree with. And I'm going to guess because it came out of my mouth, it's not the usual fucking dogma shit you hear falling out of the TV or your, or your phone or whatever. It's something that goes against the grain. You know, it's something that I actually like fucking feel and they feel as well. And now we, we're, we're together. Right. And even if it is just two ideas up in space, holding on to each other, going like, yep, well, at least we've got each other. Good. That's more than we had before. And now instead of my words sitting inside of a book somewhere that I can't remember where I left it, along with a bunch of other stories and journal entries and all the rest, and they're now floating around on the Internet, changing people's lives. And I know I've only got 78 subscribers, but you guys all know this is just a start, right? Come on, I've been so fucking consistent. You know this has got to work now. And even if it isn't this, even if it isn't the podcast or blacking, well, fucking, it's going to be something, right? My words back then didn't do anything. But I was busy practicing as if they did. And now, I think I've actually got so much fucking influence over people, I don't properly understand what it is. It was overwhelming trying to write things down on paper because... The difference between then and now is people are now fucking listening. And while nobody is going to listen to what I write down on that page, it doesn't fucking matter. Because the agreement that you have with the page is that you're committing an idea to it. And that's why you write in pen. That's why you write it on a piece of paper and not in a fucking Word document where you can backspace it and get rid of the whole idea or accidentally forget to save it. If you're going to give that page the respect that it deserves... You're going to only put down ideas that you truly believe in. And for me, an idea that I truly believe in is not even being caught my pants down with something that's handwritten. So I'm not going to write shit that I don't believe or shit that I don't think is the case. And now I've got this extra weight of like, all right, you wanted a voice, bitch. Now you got it. 
What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do? You know, I'll tell you the story about the saddest I've ever been my entire life. And it's kind of interesting that I'm saying this on Valentine's Day, but oh, fuck it. St- stick with me, okay? So, it was, uh, I was about 19 at the time and I had this job. I was probably 20 actually. I had this job fly in, fly out, working for a company called Midwest Vanadium. We operated out of Mount Magnet. It was a small vanadium mine. If you don't know what vanadium is, uh, vanadium is it is an element and it is mixed with uh, aluminium to make work tools, basically. So if things were just aluminium by by themselves, basically they'd bend, aluminium isn't very strong. Mix it with vanadium, it's extremely dense, heavy and strong. You get yourself a nice strong work tool. And basically what we did is we'd process these massive biscuits, basically. They're probably about, you know, two meters wide, two meter diameter, and they would weigh like fucking five ton. And it was crazy. You had this whole fucking plant of like processing this, that, the other to just make these big biscuits and you'd make one of them every fucking like six weeks. It was crazy. But the point was I was on a a rotating one-on-one roster. So I worked one week on, one week off. And I had this girlfriend at the time. She was my first girlfriend. And like, you know, everyone and their first girlfriend, it was a fucking nightmare because you just go with the first person who has sex with you. You don't go with the best fit. You know what I mean? I know that sounds crazy, but the older you get, the more that makes sense. So she, we, we, we had this uh, fucking tribulous relationship, I guess, where it was a constant, it was a constant, like I feel like she was just someone who had uh, other priorities, I guess. She was busy with, you know, the things that she found important and I was busy with the things that I found important. No one was right or wrong. It was just a case of we had different ideals and that's fine. Um, so, you know, I kind of said to her, well, I obviously your week off is a big deal and I was making more money than I knew what to do with. So on our week, on my week off, we do fun shit. We go, and like I had, you know, crazy cars and buy jewelry and go on holidays and have all the fun in the world. And I remember this one particular swing that I had on my week off, I had to do something. I had to go somewhere. I think it may have even been to go and visit someone, you know, like over East or something, go and see the family, whatever it was. So I had a week on. And then the week off, I went from where I was to the airport. Sorry, I flew in and then I was still at the airport. I flew out to Victoria. I flew back in on my last day off and I had a grace period of about six hours. Six hours. And I was on my Harley. So I rode my Harley up before I even flew out two weeks ago. So I messaged her and I said, hey, I've got six hours between landing and having to go maybe we could meet halfway. And she's like, yeah, 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 let's meet halfway, even if it's just for an hour or so, you know? So like, yeah, cool, cool, cool. We'll meet halfway. So me being me, I've, you know, started solving the problems, right? What's exactly halfway? Where can we meet? Where's it convenient for us? Where does it make sense? Is, you know, how do I make this as seamless as possible? So I do all the research, put in everything. I'm like, right, I've got to come from the airport, Oh, and she had some bullshit at the TAFE as well. By the way, now that we're years down the track, I can say this. She had some bullshit test at the TAFE, doing some bullshit cert fucking two or three that means absolutely nothing in the workforce, right? Nothing, right? I've done my training and assessing. Cert two or three basically means you know how to type your shoelaces. It essentially means you know how to read a training package and answer questions that are specifically derived from the training package. Right? So if the training package says that the sky is blue, the questions are going to be along the lines of what color is the sky? In brackets, it's in page three. Right? So 
So I've got to do this fucking, this, what was it? It was a fucking, um, a lab technician fucking test. You know what I mean? Like to be a lab tech. And also, by the way, still hasn't worked in a lab, so it didn't matter. Hey, am I emotionally upset about this? Of course not. I'm fine. Okay. I'm fine. So she had to do some test, which meant she couldn't leave. You know, say we had six hours, it was cut down to five hours because she had to do this fucking test and all the rest. And then she had to, you know, hopefully get in a car that's full of fuel because you've had a week to prepare for this. And then I sent her this message. I remember it was two paragraphs. And the first paragraph was like, okay, leave directly from your test, jump in your car, drive to this road. When you get to this road, go to this drop pin. I've sent you a drop pin and wait there, okay? Now, I think it was along the lines of go to Pinjara Road and turn left, and as soon as you get off there, just wait there, okay? So, she's uh, got in the car after her test, and you know, everything's running on time, and she had to go get fuel, and then she jumped on the freeway, and the first time she saw a sign pointing towards Pinjara, she took that. She turned right off the freeway and started heading towards Pinjara. And I don't know if you know this, but when you're on a motorcycle, especially a Harley, you can't hear phone calls, you can't take phone calls, and especially not fucking like seven years ago when we didn't have all the blue ant technology where you just tap a button on the side of your helmet and start talking to someone, right? There was none of that, okay? So my phone's gone crazy. And you have to understand that in this moment where I've got off my... You know, I've got off the plane, I'm getting on the motorbike, all right? I've got to get all my shit together, go and take my bag to the fucking airport that I'm flying out of, the small independent place, look for one of my workmates, get them to hold my bag for me, get on the Harley, start riding. So all of this is a mad rush, you know? Do all the bullshit, I jump on the Harley, start riding. I'm getting phone calls left, right and center. Now, do I stop and take the phone calls when it's probably not her, or do I just keep going and then when I get there, call everyone back and sort it out? So as it turns out, I remember I got heaps of calls, but they weren't all her. One of them was her and and she's like, oh, I can't find the place that you're looking for in the message. So I'm like, I've pulled up. I'm like at the spot. I'm like, the fuck is this? So I've like called up. I'm like, where are you? And at this point, don't forget, I need an hour still to get back to the airport because we've got halfway, you know, two hours between Perth and Bunbury. I've come from Perth. She's come from Bunbury. We're meant to be in the middle, which means we've got an hour to get back to where we need to get to. It's not important for her. Because she's just going home after that. But for me, I've got to go catch a flight. Now, what happens if I don't catch the flight? You know the rest of the story. So, I'm there and I am call her. I'm like, where are you? She goes, well, I'm in Pinjara. I'm like, oh, but that, but, but why would you be in Pinjara? And she goes, because the message in Pinjara. I said, oh, sure. There's like a hundred words in the message. And you read one of them. One of them. What do you mean? Well, it says to turn left on Pinjara Road after the fucking, you know, on the freeway, you turn left off it on Pinjara Road. Okay. She's like, oh, but I saw a sign for Pinjara, so I just took it. And it's like, okay, but is that Pinjara Road or is that Pinjara? Like you understand there's a Bunbury Street in Bunbury, right? But that doesn't mean that it is Bunbury, Right. Do you understand? Are you with me? Or am I the fuckhead in this situation? Because now it seems like you're way down yonder and I'm where we're meant to be and I'm probably 10 minutes late stressing that you're probably sitting there tapping your watch going, oh, I left my test early for this, da-da-da, you know? All good. So then 
she comes and for some reason she just went because you know at the uh, on Pinjarra Road if you drive up about I think it's 10 k's there's the forum so then I'm sitting in the spot and I'm waiting and I'm waiting and she got on Pinjarra Road and she went the whole way to the forum and I'm like oh she calls me I'm like I'm here I'm like where are you she goes at the shopping center hey what shopping center okay what shopping center so I go to the shopping center, I meet her, and at this point, we've got about 20 minutes up our sleeve. I said, "Radio, get in your fucking car, go straight to where I said, to the, to the drop-in, because the idea from, from there was I can basically pull off on, it's, at, it's basically the overpass for the freeway. If you know the situation, if you know the area, I was just under the overpass, which meant I could jump on my bike, you pull straight onto the ring road, and that gets you back onto the fucking northbound highway. So... I'm like, just meet me here. That way we're in the shade. It was hot as fuck as well. And obviously being on a little sporty, just revving its tits off in fifth gear the whole way. Like everything's hot. We're in a leather jacket, whatever. So then we get to this spot. We've got exactly six minutes up our sleeve for me to leave and have exactly an hour. And I remember getting there and having the realization of all of this. Cause you know, it's just been a fucking super stressful past like two and a half hours where like I was, we were meant to have so much time together. We were meant to have so much time together because now we've just been two weeks without seeing each other and we're about to go another week without seeing each other and being 20 years old or wherever the fuck I was, that seems like years. You know what I mean? No sex for three weeks. Are you fucking kidding me? Are you kidding me? What am I fucking Mormon? So we're sitting there. I remember we, she had a little fucking Hyundai and the, the, the back was up and we're sitting in the back of the Hyundai, Hyundai and I just like started crying because I realized there was nothing that I could do. I did everything I possibly could. It was just this fucking moron that couldn't put it together. You know, I don't know it sounds really mean, especially on Cupid's birthday, but I don't give a fuck. You know, I just couldn't believe that everything was so easily mapped out for this person and all they had to do was read the message and be there on time. Like I've just put together this whole fucking arrangement just so we can spend some time together and you couldn't read the message. Couldn't read the message. You had an hour to think about what was going on between leaving Bunbury and and getting to that location. You remember one word from the message and you've made a decision that literally affected fucking everything, you know? And I was so sad. And I realized that sometimes, even if you have the best intention in the world, even if you have the perfect sequence of the best descriptive words you can possibly imagine, they will fall on deaf ears. And there is nothing you can do about that. There's nothing you can do as an artist, as a creator, as a man, as a lover, as a boyfriend. Nothing. Another time, I got, it's funny, you know, as you know, I used to be a bit of a professional skater, a speed skater. And uh, this one time, I remember the, the fucking state manager, her name is Pauline Robertson. She's this short little overweight fucking thing that, I don't know, just gets off on bossing children around. Like I'm an adult and been around her and I still don't understand what her fucking prerogative is, but it's not the point. Anyway. I remember this one time, uh, there was this big debacle and what the debacle was, I don't know. I think, you know, this one time I fucking took all the spaces out of Jeremy Mason's skates because if you do that, the fucking bearings explode. So while he was warming up, I took all his wheels out, pulled all the spaces out, put all the bearings back in, put his wheels back in his skates and I was going to go let him skate on the floor. 
So anyway, right before he does, and no one knew. You know why? Because I'm a fucking bad dude. You understand? I did that in my spare time while everyone's out fucking jerking each other off, having a good time warming up. Dude, fuck you. You want to say some shit about me? That's all good. I'll fuck up your skates. So I did that, and then he puts his skates on, and he's all friendly with me, and for whatever reason, it just must have been the way he looked at me that day. I was like, Jez, don't fucking skate. All your spaces are in the front of your bag. I fucking took them out, right? And he what? I said, I took all the spaces out of your skates. If you go skate on them, it's going to fuck your bearings. And Rara goes, oh, okay. Puts all his wheels back in. Well, when his mum found out. By the way, Tracy, if you're watching this, I love you. You've done so much for me and my business, as has Mark. And this is a, I feel terrible for doing this. This is just the, the beginning of the story. So stay with me, okay? So when she found out, she's like, hey, fuck Jake, okay? Fuck Jake. And you had every right to because fuck, what are you doing taking... Sp- that's so fucking nefarious to do something to that. To a team member's skates. You, it's not like you're on the state team together or you're on the national team together. You're from the same club, you know? like You literally are from the same club. Oh, man. So, you know, she tries to get me kicked off the state team, respectively. And, you know, Pauline Robertson had her fucking, you know, Pauline Robertson realized she was in a position of power. And, you know, you could see, you could tell she just sat up straight and her eyes lit up. And she's like, oh my God, I get to have a decision. What happened? All right. Now, young me, as I said, you know, young me, creative writer for, for, for forever. I wrote her a letter, you know, and I just explained like whatever it was. Hey, it's me. Here's what's going on. Um, you know, here's the situation. I apologize, whatever it might be. And I, at the next state round, handed her the letter and she's like, all right. And then, you know, following that, like I was still on the state team, got selected to represent Australia. No big deal. You know, went to world championships. I got overall 78th. So yeah, you could say I'm a big deal. Anyway, uh, I remember asking her months later, I was like, Hey, did you, might've even been like a month later because it was still relevant. It was still something that was going on. And I said, Hey, did you read that letter? How'd you go with that letter? She goes, Oh, I didn't read it. I threw it away. What? You threw away the letter that I hand wrote you? But there is a situation going on. And when there's a situation going on, the information that is relevant to the situation is an element of the situation, right? If you have all the information, then you can better make an, an assessment as to what needs to happen. And out of everyone in this motherfucker, out of everyone in speed skating in Australia, you're the motherfucker who's going to sort this situation. So regardless of if you think the information is coming from the bad side or the wrong side or whatever you want, you have to take that information on board. And beyond all that, you're a mother, you're a grandmother, and you're a fucking manager. Okay, take out manager. I went too hard in the paint. You're a mother and a grandmother. Now a young boy hands you a letter that he hand wrote himself when you can quite obviously tell this cunt can barely sit still in school, then I'd read the letter. There might be something there for you. And even if it's got nothing to do with the situation, you show someone the respect of at least taking in the information they've given you. Okay? And it's about uh, July or August last year. And one of her fucking family members, I don't know, they've started up some uh, earth moving and demolition business and started a Facebook page. 
And you know how it is when somebody starts a fucking small business, they think that everybody wants to jump on and like their page so they can have 135 likes for the next four years, you know? She's like, oh, you know, obviously sent me a group message that, that everybody got sent. Oh, hey, can you jump on and have and, and like this page for me? So, of course, I love this. By the way, when people send me bullshit to be a part of, like, don't think that I just don't look at it. I love looking at it and seeing everything that's wrong, you know? You don't have a logo. You have a name that has 14 words in it. Your cover photo is insanely blurry, okay? There has been no attempt to make your business look good here. So before I even consider having you as some sort of earthworks and demolition business that's gonna somehow do work for me, why the fuck would I wanna see your content anyway? You're offering no value. You're offering nothing flashy and fun and sexy, right? So why would I like your page? So I went back to the messenger and I responded to Pauline, do you remember that letter that I wrote for you years and years ago? And that bitch left me on scene. Hey, say less, say less. Fuck man. I don't know where I'm heading with this fucking mental state of mind. It doesn't worry me, it doesn't upset me. I feel like it's just something that can constantly be worked on and it's probably gonna butt its head up in other ways and I'm not yet ready for it. And I'm making active changes across several different elements in my life that I feel will have an, will have a positive impact and they already have. I've already started working out. I've already started smoking less. I've tried to cut out a bit more sugar and carbohydrate my diet so I can better kind of navigate any, uh, what do you call it, inflammation or pains that I've got going on in my body, which kind of obviously you don't realize, but those, all those little, you know, tweaks and this and that they all kind of pile up on top of each other and eventually just like man i'm having a shit day from the get-go because my fucking elbow hurts and i've had this pain in the back of my neck for ages and i've got this stink between my toes i can't get rid of and dude before you even fucking think about taking a piss if you've got all those little pains and injuries going on in the in the background of course you're going to be depressed bro you're fucking battling yourself before you start the day but look man all i know is that words have fucking heaps of impact unless they don't and I'm going to try to start writing again because it's going to be part of my process of figuring out what the fuck is going on with these negative feelings. And I'm going to keep saying wild shit on camera that hopefully stays true to my fucking, my ethics and, and my moral fucking compass, right? So that I can start how I want to finish. But I think the big thing to take out of those stories is sometimes you try your very best and it still doesn't fucking matter. What does matter is that you tried your best to begin with though, you know? Because that day definitely couldn't have happened with my ex-girlfriend had I not written that message, had I not come up with a plan. And instead of being sad in the back of that car for the fucking six minutes that I got with her, instead, I would have got nothing at all, right? And if I didn't learn the lesson of like, hey, you know what, if something's going on, you can actually just be man to man or man to fucking stupid woman and write a letter and say, hey, just so you know, here's my point of view without being interrupted. Here's my point of view without having to have a conversation where you over talk me because I'm a child. Okay, here is my point of view and that's for you. Okay, that wasn't about her reading it. That was me being courageous enough to put my pen on the paper and commit my ideas to that page. Man, that's enough from me today. I think I've said everything I need to say. I'm not gonna be as spacious between this episode and my next episode and I hope I didn't leave you too high and dry last week without any episodes to keep you entertained. 
Anyway, until the next one, which will be episode 84, can you believe? I need you to be good to your mum, be good to someone else. Make sure that if you did, didn't do something nice for someone yesterday being Valentine's Day, even if you're single, send someone some love hearts. Get your dick sucked, you know what I mean? Have some fun. That's what it's about. Anyway, I'm fucking out. Yo!